UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast, By the Numbers, with Clint Derringer. This is Phil Callahan. So, Clint, what did you think about uh, that last game versus Michigan State? Well, obviously it was very, uh, it was great to win a rivalry game. Number one, first and foremost, all of the, uh, all the stuff off of the field, all of the uh, talk, all the stuff between fans, between coaches and, and in the media, uh, none of that matters nearly as much as winning uh, winning a game uh, late October to take control of the, the East Division, get the inside track on winning our first Big Ten title since 2004, and uh, all of that uh, to do it in dominating fashion physically. Um, I'll take it. You know, there, there was a couple things that I, some stressful moments through the game, but I, I chalked that up to a road game in the Big Ten and especially in a rivalry game. So uh, I'm all the way around. I'm I'm pretty happy with the way it went. You know, it's interesting because um, the, the article that you write is specifically about the S and P Plus, and. Um, in everything that I read, it's completely analytical, and it doesn't seem to take rivalries into account or, or home field. But, um, you know, this game always has something a little extra. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned how long it's been um, since Michigan's won a Big Ten. I'll tell you, the, the thing that, that grates on me the most is – the losses to Michigan State specifically because, you know, occasionally you run into Ohio State fans, but you always run into Michigan State fans. And the nature of the rivalry with them dominating the last 10 years has really, uh, I'll say, taken a toll on, on my fandom here because, again, you always run into Michigan State people. Occasionally you run into Ohio State fans, but... Uh, living here in Michigan, the Spartans are plenty, and uh, you know their success lately has has led many to run their mouths a little bit. So um, it was really nice to see not only a win but a pretty convincing win. Um, and and again, uh, you know, had some interesting weather. Uh, I will say, you know, living here in Michigan, we've seen our share of good weather going to bad, but. I have never seen weather go bad or start good, go bad, end up, you know, go back to good and then go back to bad again in that short of a time. It was really one of those instances where, you know, they say in Michigan you get to see all four seasons over a few hours, and it's definitely the case. Yeah, it was a little bit like the uh, Indiana game uh, a couple of years ago um, that, that was, uh, you know, snowed like crazy. Uh, it does always seem to be something strange going on, uh, at least recently, in that Michigan State game, whether it's weather-related or, or what have you. But like I said, uh, especially to win it on the road, especially to kind of establish the dominance up front in the trenches, um, all in all, you'll, you'll take all that, and, and the metrics kind of back that up also. You know, in addition to the weather, you had the stoppage of play, which adds a little excitement to it. So it was interesting because last year the weather really impeded Michigan, and I thought it was great that they could go on the road, overcome being on the road, and overcome the weather. 
Uh, and again, win in a big rivalry game. So it was nice to see the team overcome all those kind of extraneous factors to, to come up with a big win. Yep, I agree with you. The, the big thing last year with the weather was that Michigan got off to that slow start, uh, especially letting up uh, you know, 14 points uh, on defense in the first half while the weather was nice. And then the weather came and you were put into a spot where you had to try to come back. Um, and for whatever reason, the, the passing game was uh, is where we turn to try to make that comeback on the heels of uh, you know, John O'Corn's decent performance against uh, Purdue. And you know, five turnovers later, we lost that last touchdown. So, um, all in all, that you know, it's frustrating, but um, it makes this year's uh, performance that much sweeter. The other thing that you had is you had the pregame drama, which you know, I uh, I I really believe. You know, in years that Michigan State was truly dominant, and I think of, um, you know, specifically the Hoke years, they were so good and so overpowering that you really didn't see that kind of stuff. And to see that happen, uh, you know, before the game, and not to belabor whose fault it was, but I really thought that, that you know, my belief is that they really tried to provoke a reaction. Um and again, it was more of a of a that they needed that kind of, you know, again extracurricular to kind of get themselves jazzed up. And I thought it was nice that again Michigan was able to kind of overlook it and and just play the game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the, the chip on the chip on the shoulder for the Spartans, um, D'Antonio was really really good at manufacturing that scenario when he needs to, to, to put his, his team in a spot that he thinks that he gets the best out of them. So um, in, in the grand scheme of things, I don't. I think it's overplayed. It was much more uh, media and fan-driven than anything that, that ended up having an impact on the game, in my opinion. Um, I'm glad that it's done and behind, and both coaches have finally you know, stopped talking about it in the press conferences, and we can leave it on the fan boards where it belongs. That's fine. That's what the rivalry is made out of. But in terms of football, uh, I'm glad that Michigan, uh, you know, established themselves um, physically again to to really be able to stand up. Because typically the the Spartans are the ones that are that are establishing that physical presence and then leaning on Michigan throughout the game. So uh, it was really nice to see the tables turn. And that felt like um, that game felt like what uh, the rivalry game was under Hoke. Right? I was specifically had flashbacks to uh, Devin Gardner and, and his uh, his physical, the physical beating that he took in Spartan Stadium. Um, that's kind of how I felt about Lewerke and, and those other guys that went down with injury on their side. So, um, you know, turnabout's fair play. Um, Michigan's 2-2 two and two against Michigan State under Jim Harbaugh. And uh, let's hope that the, the tides are turning correctly and uh, they can continue the momentum both this year, this season, and uh, going forward in that, in that in-state rivalry. Now, the thing that was interesting that, that you could definitely hang your hat on is you had another dominating performance by the Michigan defense, a holding Spartans under 100 yards of offense. And like you said, it, it was a beating um, very businesslike. 
Um, you know, really, Spartans' only touchdown was was pretty much a gift um, on a turnover and, and then a trick play. Now, I am a little disappointed that Michigan bet on the trick play because that is a, a Spartan staple. But, uh, you know, it is a rivalry game and it did happen. I've gone and watched that play a few times and I do think that they had a breakdown on backside contain, which I'm sure that, that they will correct. Um, I don't think anybody else will be calling that play successfully against them uh, for the for, you know for the foreseeable future. Um, now the downside, Rashawn Gary was out again, and uh, you know it's it's looking like um, hopefully he'll be back against Penn State. There's no confirmation of that. Harbaugh was very uh, circumspect on injuries. He didn't speculate at all. Um, but you know the thing that I wanted to get to is you know when you were looking at the at the S and P plus before the game. Um, how do you think that Michigan um, basically lived up on, on the five factors versus the Spartans? I I think that it went about as expected. You know, Michigan went into the game with the number one ranked uh, defense overall, and Michigan State's offense uh, struggled, especially uh, up front on the offensive line. That's a bad it's a bad matchup, even without Rashawn Gary. Uh, Michigan State never, never was going to be able to just line up and, and clobber the guy across from them across the board the way that they're used to uh, year in and year out. So if they haven't been able to really do that against anybody, and especially with a bad matchup against against Michigan, so that really bore out both in the efficiency metric, uh, which is about staying in front of the chain, and then as the time of possession started to really create. Um, a fatigue issue for the Spartan defense. Um, the explosiveness numbers started to stretch out also, right? But early in the game, Michigan was running for two or three yards of carry, and that eventually wore down to be four, five, and six yards of carry. So both the efficiency and the uh, explosiveness metric uh, were much different in the second half than they were in the first half because of that time of possession and just wearing down the Spartan defense. Uh, on Michigan's, uh, when Michigan's defense was on the field, again, without, we know very well that, that a poor offensive line, it, it's going to be very tough to execute any type of strategic game plan on offense. You don't have anything that you can hang your hat on and then counter off of that. So once, uh, once Michigan State had to start uh, throwing the ball, um, on first and second down uh, because they couldn't run the ball, then it, it was it was always going to spiral. So they were fortunate to get the short field and be able to score and create a stressful situation for the rest of us. But um, that game went pretty much as expected, I would think, for the Michigan coaches. I'm sure they would have loved to punch in some more points in the second quarter when they had the ball on the, on the Michigan State side of the field three or four times and came away with no points. Um, and that metric is where you see Michigan State ends up with an advantage um, is actually punching in uh, for points on their score opportunities. It's something that's been uh, pretty consistent through the year that Michigan has been uh, either a small edge or at a disadvantage uh, in terms of punching points in once they get inside the opponent's 40. I think that 
the offense that they've been building to this point. I, I really think that we're going to see significant new wrinkles from the offense coming off the bye week against Penn State. Well, and I want to give you credit. Your pregame prediction of Michigan 20, Michigan State 14 was very close. Um, again, uh, gave Michigan State a little more credit, but uh, – I will, I will live with that. I, I'd much rather be on the, on the better side. Um, you know, the thing that I'm wondering, and, you know, I guess I kind of wanted to step back from the game and look at the programs overall. It doesn't seem like Michigan State's defense has been the same since Pat Narduzzi left. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's been good, but not as dominant. Um, and, and I'm wondering... You, know, you mentioned, you know, Michigan's 2-2 two and two versus Michigan State. Um, realistically, you know, if, if you take away that lightning strike at the end of the, the game several years ago, Michigan should be 3-1. and one. Um, and, and frankly, you know, you had a situation with the really bad weather last year. Um, now, you know, I, I don't like to get into what it could have, should have. The record is 2-2, two and two, but if you're Michigan State, I don't think you can feel really good about that two and two. Um, it definitely seems that the tide is turning back toward Michigan, and uh, you know, if not for some really crazy weather and, and that, uh, you know, again that once a century play, um, things would be very different. Um, what do you think? Um, you know, again, and I think specifically. You know, that the Spartans' record over the last 20 or 30 games versus Harbaugh's over the last 20 or 30 games, it definitely seems that Michigan is surging and Michigan State is, is basically trying to hold on. Um, you know, how do you look at it? Um, specifically against uh, the Spartans, I, I do think uh, if, I, if I were a Spartan, I would feel fortunate to be 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I, think, I think, you know, that's that's short way of saying exactly what you said. However, two and two is two and two. So uh, it's almost like a playoff series in the other sport. Game five with uh, both teams tied at two, um, the word that, that immediately comes out is pivotal. So I think the 2019 rivalry game is pivotal. So I'm glad that it's in the, it'll be at the big house. I'm, I'm, I, I expect, you know, Michigan to, to win that pivotal game and then continue building uh, on all the advantages in front of us is Penn State and again I think at the beginning of this season when we looked at this three game stretch it appeared to be much more daunting than than it actually is um, definitely take the wins over Wisconsin and Michigan State but they've kind of fallen off a little bit this year um, 
how do you feel about Penn State heading into this game? Well, I from the very beginning of the year, I, I had to revisit it and make sure that I mentioned it in my preseason article that I, I thought Penn State was overrated from the very beginning, and this is just kind of coming to fruition the way that I would have expected. Um, from my preseason prediction to now, I actually stretched out my expectation. I think Michigan will beat Penn State by even more than I thought uh, originally early in the season. But um, the key the key person that is no longer in Happy Valley is Joe Moorhead, their, their former OC, who's now the head coach at Mississippi State. Um, seeing what he did with a bye week to prepare against Michigan's defense and Don Brown uh, schematically last year in that night game in Happy Valley, uh, that guy, he, he – he put a chill into me as a fan and as a uh, kind of a football fan outside of even just Michigan. He, that was total domination. He knew exactly how uh, Michigan was going to game plan for stopping Saquon Barkley, and he found ways to still free him up and exploit the weaknesses of Michigan's defense. So um, that's, that's the truth of where we're at. I, I feel like that the last two years with Michigan winning 49 to 10 two years ago in Ann Arbor and then that the foot kicking last year in Happy Valley I think those are about a wash and I, I think we're right back to being at a, at a pivotal game in the series with Penn State and I like um, I like where we are building as a program I like uh, I think that we've got an advantage over them and I like the fact that I hear Don Brown in the media saying that he's still wakes up thinking about that game a year ago in Happy Valley. Um, the good news is, the really good news is, Joe Moore is not the offensive coordinator anymore, and that's not the same offense. And Trace McSorley had a lot of preseason hype and expectations on him, and he statistically is, is almost exactly the twin of Shea Patterson, which is certainly not bad, but not a Heisman contender either. it's important you know you mentioned how Don Brown has mentioned that he thinks about this game a lot I have to say last year I was you know when you look back at last year's game you're not going to win many games scoring as few points as we did but I was still disappointed with the defense it's one of the few times I was really surprised I thought the defense was actually as you mentioned was schemed against pretty well and and was exploited and you know, when you think about a, a coach who takes as much pride in his in his game planning as Coach Brown does, um, 
you know, and again, having a whole extra week to prepare. I agree with you. I think that Michigan is going to handle Penn State. <coughs> Excuse me. I agree with you. I think that Michigan is going to handle Penn State um, pretty easily. Um, you know, when I was looking at this game heading into the season, um, the, the thing that I took into account is that Penn State doesn't seem to play their best football in Ann Arbor. Um, so uh, between the team looking to make up for last year and Penn State heading here, um, I would have said that Penn State seems to play their best game in Happy Valley, but uh, uh, they have not played so well there. Um, and again, I, I do think they're vulnerable. I, I don't think uh, they're as good as as people thought several weeks ago. Uh, I have to admit that I've watched um, more Penn State football this year than I have in past years, and I think that, that Michigan is going to be able to handle them, handle them pretty easily. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, outside of Don Brown kind of licking his chops to get another shot at Penn State, I think um, we're really, like as I alluded to before, I think we're really going to see some of the uh, dividends from investments that we've made in this offense at this point in the season. You know, I think that Michigan did has a philosophy of putting uh, putting base plays uh, on tape early in the season and then running the counters to those plays later on in the season. Um, I think that those game plans are, are, are really game over game uh, dependent. I think that what we were doing against Western and SMU and uh, early in the Big Ten season against Nebraska, you're going to see some of those same themes come back with uh, with the second and third uh, different variations, uh, hopefully opened up at this point. So um, I would be I expected so much that I would be disappointed if we don't see a pretty successful day on offense with some of the some of the new stuff, both in the run game and the pass game, coming out uh, now. Because I think um, if I'm correct about how they're kind of game planning throughout the season, throughout the Big Ten season. I think now is the time that you want to put it on film so that um, the Buckeyes uh, also have to start preparing for more and more and more. Um, so that's, that's what I expect to see this week and, and in the upcoming weeks. You're going to see the second and third options, the second and third variations uh, off of some of that zone running. And uh, I think Patterson's going to start throwing the ball even a little bit more. I think one of the things we're going to see uh, – you know, Chase Winovich said perfectly uh, a couple days ago, uh, last year some of the teams took our lunch money, and this year we want it back with interest. And I think that Penn State is, is, is one of the teams that um, Michigan is, is pointing to. Um, and, again, you know, they've been really good. You know, they say, listen, we treat every, every week like a championship game, play one, one game at a time, but – I think that with two weeks to, to stir and look forward to, that, that Penn State's going to be in for quite a, quite a game uh, at the Big House. Yeah, I, I think the Wolverines are going to come out um, very sharp, especially early on. And uh, hopefully it's, uh, it's an overwhelming experience to where we're getting, getting empty in the bench again and, and being able to, uh, to get everybody some experience. If that's not how it works out, we come out with. However, we come out with a W, we'll take it. But 
um, like caged animals, really, really chomping at the bit to come out of this bye week and uh, and get after Penn State. And speaking of wrinkles that that uh, teams need to prepare for, Tariq Black uh, was back on the field against Michigan State. I believe he only appeared in in one or two series, but he was out there. He did practice in pregames. He looked good. So hopefully with an extra two weeks to prepare, he'll be back up to full speed and uh, the offense will be ready to explode. So, Clint, do you have any uh, last words for this week's podcast? I'm, I'm excited. I, I know you can tell um, kind of where my focus is. I, I really, really, really want to, want to take care of business against Penn State and um, continue the momentum as it's going. I think uh, – this season is really kind of building to a crescendo. That's a, that's a phrase that Jim Harbaugh likes to use. Um, it feels very similar to 2016 in that manner until, uh, until we started to lose that momentum in November. So um, I, I think the, the mental toughness side of, of this year's Michigan football program is going to keep the momentum building and building. And we're going to see, we're going to see some of the, uh, some of the dividends from, from, these past couple of years under uh, Jim Harbaugh and his staff really start to pay off in November here when it matters the most. Well, we'll be back here next week, hopefully to talk about a great big Michigan victory. That's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. By the numbers with Clint Derringer, this is Phil Callahan and Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.